Hey friends, Ebony Chappelle checking in here with something healing for your podcast listening and viewing pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What's Good with Ebony Chappelle. All right, so if you guys listened to or watched the last episode, you know that um, I'm recording these from Colorado. I am here for the Theologian in Residence program put on by this beautiful Methodist church in Boulder, Colorado. Um, it has been such a blessing. I've been doing some writing, some reading, some meditating, and just, you know, all around just um, getting myself together. Um, I also happened to have a therapy appointment while I was up here um, with my therapist. Um, Thank God for virtual therapy. It's a beautiful thing. And it's just been a really, really blessed time. So I want to remind you guys, like and subscribe, rate and review, comment, like, share, all that good stuff um, to help support the podcast. Uh, You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Ebony the Writer. And check out my website, ebonychappelle.com, for more about me and what I have going on. So, um, yeah, Colorado has been fantastic for me. And I'm going to talk a little bit more um, about my experience and some of the things that I get to do. At the time that I'm recording this, this is Saturday. And tomorrow is church, and I'm so excited. So what I'm going to be doing is, um, one, I just got a text right before I started recording asking me if I would like to help serve communion. And I was like, yeah, I do. And it's one of those things where, you know, you just do it scared because... And I haven't talked a lot about this, but I have a background in ministry. I grew up in church have been heavily involved in church literally since I was born. That's how my whole family is. We were all really involved. Um, I was kind of prodigal, like a prodigal child of the church. So in and out, you know, based on different things that were going on. Um, And then one of the last times I was involved in ministry as an adult, I experienced um, some pretty traumatic things that led to me just, uh, you know, leaving the church (laughs) and being gone for a really long time. So, um, as a person who at that point in my life saw my future being, um, aligned with some sort of ministry work, it was really, it was really challenging for me, um, because I went through this period of feeling like basically I had forfeited that entire, uh, you know, portion of my life. Like I just basically, like it was over, like that's really how I felt. And it's so funny how things work out because years later, um, I'm sitting here in Colorado. I'm going to be giving a talk after church service tomorrow. I'm helping serve communion. Um, I joined a really beautiful church at the beginning of this year. I can't believe it's been a year. This year has flown by. Um, I joined um, a, a beautiful church back at home at the beginning of the year. And, you know, we've been doing a testimony service um, since 2021. So, it's just it's just mind blowing how things work out. And one of the people that I have to uh, that I owe a great debt uh, for helping me to realize that a pathway was still possible and that God had not forsaken me and that um, those desires of my heart were still possible is my first therapist. I went I joined um, I started going to therapy initially as an adult 
um, probably about a decade ago coming out of that church situation because I just felt like I need to talk to a professional. I am losing it. I don't know what's going on. I feel so dark and so alone and um, hurt. So I just really didn't know what to do with that. And I just was like, if anybody can help me, maybe therapy would be the first stop. So started going to therapy and after working with each other for quite a while, um, she started to ask me questions about um, ministry work and what my future was like and what role God played in my life and all of that. And at first, those questions were so hard to answer. And over time, they got a little easier. And, you know, as the healing started to begin, um, those those questions got a little bit easier to answer. And my belief in God my belief in myself and my confidence grew in a way that made it possible for me to to do what I feel like I'm called to do so um, I say all that to say thank you for therapy (laughs) it's a wonderful thing and I'm grateful for it so on today's episode um, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with um, a beautiful beautiful brother Uh, his name is Muhammad Sayer So Muhammad is um, a comedian, he's also a therapist, and he's based out of Bloomington, Indiana right now. And he is one of the coolest people I know. So I was so excited to talk with him and to bring this conversation to you guys, Um, particularly because I like to use any type of platform that I have to promote mental health and wellness, but to also show people that... um, it looks a lot of different ways that there's no one size fits all remedy to it. And also um, there are black men out here that are healers and that are doing the work that are taking care of themselves and that are um, taking care of their loved ones and their families and really doing what, what needs to be done to help heal us as a people. So I want to promote that narrative as much as I possibly can. So Without further ado, without talking about it too much, I just want y'all to hear from him. So let's jump into my conversation with Muhammad Sayer. Yeah. No, six. Proper proper planning prevents. Mine was proper planning prevents piss poor performance. Okay, so they added an extra P in there with this. Okay, yeah, I didn't learn that one. I learned... um, Proper preparation prevents poor performance. That's five. Yeah. Where did you learn that? Um, (laughs) Somewhere. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Am I clear? Yes, you are. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. You are. So we are good to go. Good, good, good. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. It's been a really long time. I um, heard you recently on the Balance Period podcast. All right. Yeah. That's and a, I thought that was really great. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good. That's 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 really nice. What they got going there. I, I like it. Ray was pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you, Ray. Shout out to you, Ray. So um, I like to start off these conversations by asking people what's good with them so mm, okay Thank that you. can be anything that is making you smile put um mm-hmm. 
Well, one, I can spell your name right. That would be one thing. I, <laughs> I just happened to look and I was like, oh, that's wrong. But that's the wrong. See, I know too many Muhammads. That's the but problem. But <laughs> I do spell it two ways, though. So you weren't, okay. don't feel bad. Okay. Honestly, so what's I was the spelling between the ways. Really, I probably shouldn't share this, but I'm going to share it because I know you. One of them I use for like junk emails, and the other okay. ones for like stuff I want. So, okay. if I know something come with a certain letter behind it, I'm like, oh, this, I gotta open this up like now, <laughs> like this yeah. is this is real deal. No, nah, but actually smart. <laughs> long long story short, though, in real talk, I was spelling my name wrong for about 18 years until I got my driver's license. I saw my birth certificate. I said, yo, this my name is spelled with an A, y'all. Y'all wow. let me spell it with an E this whole time, but. It was so a nobody long, caught that? I don't think they said anything to me, and they, they just let me roll with it. Again, I'm growing up with a whole bunch of Muhammad's around me, so I had M O H A's around me with yep. the A and N, and M U's with the E on the end, and a whole bunch. So I just fit right in. I was just another brother Muhammad. Just another brother Muhammad. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But before um, I got distracted, and then just made us both distracted. What's good? It's gonna be a lot you? of that. It's gonna be a what's, lot of that today. I think it'll be fine though. <laughs> it'll be fine though. We'll what's good with, with me though? Yeah. Um, first of all, what they say I'm six feet above and not below. Um <laughs> then, first of all, I'm here. I'm grateful for that. What's good with me is uh my family's doing rather well overall. Uh, my kids are doing well. I feel blessed. I feel like I'm able to do kind of a lot of things I want to do, even though it may be a bit stressful from here to there. But overall, I'm doing what I want to do. I did. I'm doing what I set out to do maybe 10, 15 years ago. So that's a blessing. Wow. That is a blessing. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so about what it is that you do, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. You are a professional therapist. Yes. Uh, I'm licensed mental health counselor, LMHC. Uh-huh. Awesome. Uh-huh. And you um, have been doing this for quite a while. You worked with students for a long time in the university setting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, you just do a lot of cool stuff. So how did you, Thank you. Um, you're welcome. How did you find your way into this career? Did you grow up knowing that you wanted to help people with their brains and stuff? Or nope. like, how did that happen? No, nope. <laughs> I knew, I know I've always loved people. Okay. And uh, I'm a community guy. We've talked before, and I've always, mm-hmm. I've always, I feel like I've always said I'm a community guy. Uh, I'm coming from a strong knit Black Muslim community in Indianapolis. Shout out to Norla Islamic Center. Um, so I grew up with a whole lot of community. My father being an imam, I saw him do a whole lot of work for a whole lot of people out of just care and love. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, how can I get paid for that? No, 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 no. You know what? But <laughs> no, for real, though. No, but for, but to watch, on some level. Yes. Yeah, but I, I did watch a whole lot of care, a whole lot of um, a whole lot of counseling. Yeah. I saw that before I knew what the term was. So I've always mm-hmm. been kind of around people helping people. I've been around helpers my entire life. I've been blessed mm-hmm. um, to be able to do that, or be able to experience that. So I think that kind of put that bug in my ear of be a community guy, be a helper. I used to want to be a, uh, I used to want to be in my terms, it was an obstetric physician, not an obstetrician, not an OBGYN, but an obstetric physician. 
Wow. Very, very specific because I very wanted specific. to save lives. Yeah. That was my, my biggest goal in life when I was a kid. A little kid was to save a life. And I was like, well, the only way I knew how to do that was to be a doctor. And we used to watch the show called, maybe you don't remember this, maybe you do, Rescue 911. You remember Rescue that show? Rescue 911. I do not remember. You probably show. don't because yeah. you just missed it, but it was a show where they, they had to. I thought you were going to say Doogie Hauser at first. And uh, I'm like, vaguely, <laughs> I remember that show being on TV. Yeah, but, but no, that, Rescue 911. But that show was about, it, it was pretty much a reenactment of. 911 emergency calls and was, okay. they all kind of ended the same way. Oh, and we rescued the baby or we rescued the family or and I thought to myself, oh, I would love to just save someone's life. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't know I'll be changing lives or impacting lives while I'm doing it today, but I knew I wanted to do something to help someone. Yeah. So I'm just so curious around like where does that feeling come from? I know you talked about like what you saw modeled in your mm -hmm. household and the people you were around but you still could have decided to do like literally anything else yeah um, so what was it like internally do you think that you know made you gravitate toward those sort of things yeah uh well specifically to counseling it was i was in grad school and we were taking there was a, a i was in a higher education student affairs program pretty much work with college students mm -hmm. um and uh get my master's in that and there was a component for counseling that we had to take and i took a class of that so yo this is a better fit than all the classes i've taken so far i had already completed about a year maybe a year and a half of of a two-year program like i'm like three-fourths of the way done and i found something at the end like yo this is way better than all the stuff y'all taught me no wow. no shade i finished the heaps program and i still use those those skill sets but i was like this is it this is the one yeah, it had uh, to be to make you want to do more school at that in, point. Immediately. Like, like I, I did it right after. Like, I had hooding on Friday, and on Monday, I was in class starting my, my counseling degree. Wow. Wow. I was excited. Yeah. I felt, I felt good about it. I still feel good about it. Yeah. That's good. What is it about it that still makes you so passionate about it you know mm -hmm. after everything that you've experienced because i i think it's because i love people like i genuinely love people like mm -hmm. i hope i think we all do i think at our natural state we hope the best for use overall we hope the best for people uh we want the best for people uh we have empathy for people um so that keeps me going and when i talk to my clients i'm never talking to the same story i can meet with the same person every week it's never going to be the same story it's always going to be a twist a a turn a up a down it's going to be something and just knowing that i'm trying to work with this person collaboratively it just kind of gives me keeps the juice going and some mm -hmm. people say keep you young when you work with certain populations. And I think that there's truth to that. Not necessarily working with youth. I'm just mm -hmm. saying just working with just certain kind of folks. It's yeah. going it kind of keeps you keeps you going. It's I think it's a beautiful experience. That's why I really I kinda I really like what I do. I'm blessed to be able to say that. Yeah, that is a blessing because not a lot of people can say that um mm -hmm. about their jobs i mean we're mm -hmm. living through a moment in time right now where people are 
bouncing. They're like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I got you yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which, you know, in your field, you, this is a very crucial time. I mean, you had to counsel people through the pandemic and yep. whatever the hell this is that we're in now, whatever yep. phase of this is. Yep. Um, how were you maintaining yourself during the time of helping people mm-hmm. like one of the craziest times mm-hmm. that we've ever lived through? I don't want to come across as saying I know everything on this because I still don't know, honestly, mm-hmm. because we... We're still so close to the forest right now. We don't know. We just don't know. Like we, like you said, we don't know. Even though what this is right here, we don't know if it's the pandemic, is it post-pandemic, are we just winging it? I think that's what we're doing. Yeah, uh, feels like it. Yeah, feels we're like just it. was winging it and hoping that we don't get sick. That's pretty much where we are. So I really don't know. I what I tried to do was I tried to remain grounded as much as possible. I tried to be as normal as I could. And I was just winging it along with everybody else. By no means, I want one of my biggest pet peeves when people act like they know everything and they really don't. It's like, you ain't got to act like that. that. on balance, period. Oh, man. Um, it triggered me, but it triggered me because I have been working on that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Very much uh-huh. about the having to know everything. Because I'm like, hmm, where does this come from? What is this about? Yeah. But anyways, back to yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I try to stay grounded. And that was a tough time. Mm-hmm. That was an incredibly tough time on a global level. Like, we just hadn't seen that before. Like, yeah. people were stressing from the home all the way to the, like, all the way from micro to macro levels. You have yeah. never seen anything like that. So to answer your question, of what I do or how did I kind of help others? I just kept showing up. Kind of the things I've I've kind of kind of preached to clients. It reminds me of working with someone who may have a depression, for an example. It's like, well, yes, you have a depression. I don't want to invalidate that. I don't want to take that. I do want to take that away from you if I could. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also I don't want us to not show up because you got to show up. Sometimes you're going to have to show up even if you don't feel like showing up. We do it all of the time. Yeah. I feel like that's when it's most crucial is like when mm-hmm. you really don't feel like doing it. Mm-hmm. That's the time when you probably really need to lean yeah. on and do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just showing up. And really, it probably gave me some escapism. It probably gave me some... It may have cost me in other ways. I'm not, I'm not necessarily... Um, attuned to right now mm-hmm. uh, but that's how i got through i don't want to say i buried myself in work but work was coming at me i will tell you that i'm certain i um went through some interesting phases with therapy during the pandemic so i actually had to find another therapist. Mm-hmm. and then i had to find another one after that so mm. i'm now mm-hmm. at my third just in my adult life in yep. general, yeah. And I was like, I really hate that this is happening, but mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of what it is. Um, but something else that's that's popping up for me, hearing you talk about um, just showing up and you know continuing to um, show up for your clients and stay grounded. Something mm-hmm. makes me feel like you had just always been prepared for that sort of thing. To happen, mate. Whoa, ooh, 
Say it again. Hold on. Say it again. Make, I'll, make sure, I'll make sure I'm on the same page. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. It's something about like the way that you said it that just makes mm -hmm. me feel like you were always ready for that sort of thing mm -hmm. to happen. Maybe not okay. knowing the specific details. Yeah. Of you, I can see but that. But something internally. So it made me wonder like are there any things that you can remember like maybe from your upbringing or whatever that like made you feel like I can show up in really hard times. Yeah. And just, like have this, this sense of like assuredness that you could be helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'm thinking about a few, a few things popping up. <laughs> um, but I think going back to like my family, groundedness, we did a lot of things together. Like there was always like a central comeback moment with my family. We prayed all the time. Like literally we pray um, often. Muslims pray five times a day, like traditionally. Mm -hmm. So there's always like this constant call back, literally a call, like come back, recenter. And a lot of that's like a mindfulness, all this mindfulness, this and yeah. practice, blah, blah, blah. A lot of that sounds real familiar. Like it sounds like when I'm praying, or it sounds like things mm -hmm. we've learned hundreds, thousands of years ago. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of having this constant recentering kind of helps to uh, kind of map in my brain that if you can get back to this place of security, you'll be okay. Mm. If you can get back to whatever, like a lot of things can happen, but if you can always recenter or refocus you can one what you're really doing is you're um calming your anxieties that are naturally there because we are as people we naturally have an, an anxious state that has helped us to stay alive for mm -hmm. millions of years that's the reason yeah. why we ran yeah, from the same two right <laughs> we ain't fight a saber tooth tiger because there was something in us that said no nah, fam maybe we should run mm -hmm. so um it calms that but I, i'm thinking kind of growing up, but also things I had to do I didn't want to do mm -hmm. as, a, as growing up. Also, I'm thinking specifically, I was on some pretty difficult sporting teams. Mm -hmm. I mean, difficult. And now shout out to my coaches. I appreciate all that y'all done. <laughs> but there was, I remember one time we was 0-15, one of my, my baseball teams, senior year. 0-15. The season's not over at 15 games. So y'all were up. No, 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 no. Okay, y'all we were had, not. Up. We had lost 15 consecutive games. Got it. That is I'm talking good. like strike out one, two, three. One, two, three. It was Yikes. it was tough. It was tough. Now, as a senior, I could be like, F all of this. I don't need to do any of this. My senior mm -hmm. buddies is not here, but I stuck it out. Struck it out too with the rest of them, but I, I was about to say, yeah, you, the commitment is real. Because, the commitment uh, is real. I'm like, we are not doing well. But no. what did I learn through that? Is all right. My distress tolerance is higher than I maybe anticipated. That's some things I try to teach clients. Like distress, like some things going to straight up suck. I have a brother in the yeah. army. He had he got a <clears throat> his saying he got from the army was embrace the suck. That's what they say in the army. And I saw a dude yesterday. <laughs> that was pretty, pretty funny. At one of these hot tournaments with my daughter, with softball tournaments, hot to the mug outside. And his shirt said, yeah. Embrace the suck. I'm like, Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Like, just, just take it, yeah. embrace it, but show up. Mm. 
you know, this is this is extremely helpful. Okay. It's extremely helpful. Um, just because honestly, like that's that's real life. Like there are gonna be mm-hmm. a lot of things that we experience that are mm-hmm. very beautiful and all that wonderful mm-hmm. stuff. And then there are gonna be things that just absolutely suck. And sometimes yeah. they're happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's you know, really interesting. But um yeah, I think it's just a part of it because I don't see things magically getting any better. I just see mm-hmm. us learning different ways to um, continue to show up. Yep. Regardless, yep. especially for um, people of color and other um, disenfranchised communities right now. I'm just like, there's is literally always something. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Y- yep. Keep showing up. Just keep showing up. And the thing about showing up is you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be great. Mm, now that's that's really helping me right there. You don't have to be great. <laughs> I I use the analogy or the example. I'm not sure. I guess a funny. I guess it is a funny story. I went to go see the great Michael Jordan play basketball. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. He, we played for the Wizards at last go at the Pacers. Yeah, that time that was. Oh, a- and he was throwing mm-hmm. like buckets up there. I was like, hey, this is Jordan. I'm mm-hmm. so excited watching him warm up and he's doing his thing. I'm like, oh my God, it's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, this brother went out there and scored six points. It was the lowest he had ever scored in his career at that time. Mm. I was devastated. I said, oh my God, he hit more layups in the in the uh, layup line than he did in the game. Two of them were like free throws. I was mad. But then the following game, he bust out half 40. I think it was like the most someone over the age of 40 had scored in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I had just missed it. But anyway, long story short is you don't <laughs> have – Michael Jordan is one of the greatest, some will say the greatest basketball player of all time. He also had a six-point game. Mm. His average is what? Ridiculous. So I look at – like uh, I love sports for as examples because a player can average average 20 points – a game, 10 rebounds a game, that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. But he ain't going to pull out 20 every game. Or she's not going to pull out 20 every game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be some games she's going to she bust out 45 points. A high dog, she did 45. Yeah. And some games she had 10. But just show up. See what you can do. Mm. That's real. That's real. Because you think about if you were to quit every single time, you just didn't immediately do well it's like you would never accomplish anything anything yeah which makes me want to so i want to segue um and i didn't know i was going to talk about this so soon but you do stand-up comedy hey yeah i sit down most of the time but yeah so (laughs) i like i like what you did there but um i bring that up because i um and i am obsessed with stand-up comedy but get on stage so I did once. Yes. Kind of, sort of. So I did. Um, I decided that I wanted to just pull the trigger on this. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I hate saying that. But anyways, long story short, I decided uh-huh. I was just going to go through with it during the pandemic because mm-hmm. like we're at home. I'm just like, whatever. So it was a Zoom stand up comedy. Oh, how did it go? How <laughs> it did went, it go? It went well. Um, So it was just me and like maybe eight or nine other comedians. Uh-huh. 
and people just like shared thoughts after somebody went and everybody like clapped for each other and stuff so it was just really supportive yeah um and i want to do it again but and i'll make when? this really quick Wig, um, i'm coming Sometime in the very near future, because uh, now that, that I keep sound, talking about it, I'm that's like, our real summer, it. fall, winter ish. No, okay, I'm <laughs> gonna do it for real. I'm gonna do it for real because I I have like written material and stuff. Like I have a basket of jokes. Okay. But anyways, so okay. it's funny because um when I first got the idea that I wanted to do it, I was in college and I had told my boyfriend at the time, mm-hmm. and he said, um, "That's the stupidest thing I ever heard." And Ooh, I, I was like, wow, that's so rude. I hope you put him in the joke. No, I have jokes about him. Okay, I do. Cool, I have quite cool, a few. Cool. <laughs> but anywho, um, I wanted to bring that up because, you know, in studying people and reading different stuff and listening to um, things, people always talk about the fact that you just have to bomb. And like bombing's part of mm. it. Like it's part of the process. Uh-huh. So I wanted to start out by just asking, what made you want to do the stand-up thing in the first place? Like, yeah. where did you come from? And have you bombed <laughs> yeah. yet? Like, how's that? I, okay. To ask the bombing question, I don't know. Because it's not really my call. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Like, you would have to wait to see how the crowd reacts. So yeah, because some people are like, I killed it. It, it, it. You know, some people are like, man, I was funny. Like, yeah, I didn't think you were funny. But some people may say Muhammad was the worst person on stage. Some, <laughs> another person next to him may say, "Oh my God, he was the he was so hilarious." So it's not mm-hmm. my call. I yeah. think you get a feeling that you may have bombed or didn't do as well. Usually, usually it's like I didn't land something the way I thought it was gonna land. Mm-hmm. That's what you never know because it's not. Again, it's just not your call. That's one thing I like about comedy. It's really not your call. So you um, like that part that is just kind of like not. Yeah, to I, I like. Now this is gonna sound kind of messed up. <laughs> I like the ability to attempt to manipulate people to do what I want. Okay. So I'm I'm trying to manipulate you to laugh at a certain time, Mm -hmm. to pause at a certain time, to react a certain way at a certain time. That's Mm -hmm. difficult to do, particularly you have like a room full of people. It's like I'm trying to get 45 people to laugh now. It's like a lot of people can't do that. Not on purpose. Mm-hmm. And I can cadence it to reference a joke from five minutes earlier and plan it here and bring it back 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of work. So that's why I really like yeah. it. I, I just like the structure of it. I really, it's not like I don't think I'm necessarily funny. I just like to write <laughs> and okay. entertain. Yeah, and if you write, I think if you write well enough or you think well enough, you can get people to laugh. I never thought about it like that, but I guess you have a point because you, at that point, you are able to pick up on um, different perspectives and different nuances in a mm-hmm. situation that most people wouldn't notice. Yeah, which is the reason why I love comedy in the first uh-huh. place. I, I yeah. treat like a paper. I treat like a paper um, in college. I got hmm. a thesis. I'm trying to prove a point. And I'm trying to bring it back in. That's just that pretty so much nerdy. That, but I like that. It's so nerdy, <laughs> but it works. People are like, oh my yeah. god, that was so funny. It was so well put together. I'm like, oh, because I I set you up like a freshman paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is hilarious. But yeah, okay. So you don't know about the bombing. Okay. Yeah. Which is a good good way to look at it because you're like, no, nah, I mean, you know. it ain't my call. Yeah. 
Yeah. But what made what made me get into it? So mm-hmm. I like. I, I've always loved comedy. I've always thought it was genius. I thought it was just something about it. Always made me, of course, laugh but think. But then mm-hmm. after a while, I stopped laughing as much and started thinking about, well, what made me laugh? And I remember mm-hmm. a, a class I took, like an advanced English class that make you take before you leave undergrad. I rolled my eyes before I got into the class. <laughs> but I'm thankful I got the class because, one, it really taught me how to read. I know, I know I've been knowing how to read my whole life. But there's a difference between learning how to read words yep. and mm-hmm. understanding a structure of a paragraph to, yes. to get you to think a certain way, to feel a certain way. Why was this funny? And then as I started to break that down, I said, oh, that joke is funny because he used this nuance or she used this nuance and she mm-hmm. tied this in with that and all the symbolisms. That's why it's funny. So yeah. I've always kind of enjoyed that. So after kind of getting a better understanding of word, word structure, word play, uh, word meanings, um, double entendre, triple, quadruple, all those entendres, getting a better understanding of that. I was, I just kind of fell in love with just words. And um, so for my birthday, I just, just, I was doing something every other, every year I was just doing something kind of mm-hmm. ridiculous. For my, just, I don't celebrate a whole lot of stuff. So I just say, you know what, for my birthday, I'm gonna do something ridiculous. One year I had a space tournament, it got real. I may do it again. Oh, ooh, um, yes, please. Uh, I got po- to post the rules because po- people got upset. It's talking like, you can't do this, you can't do that. I say, what's my okay. rules? Okay, and then, let's make uh, it clear up front. We got to make it really, really clear. One year <laughs> I did like paintball. One year I had a masquerade party. And one mm-hmm. year I decided I'm do stand-up comedy. And it gets clicked. I did it 2019, right before the pandemic. Okay. Okay. So you're still like kind of easing into it. I think I'm easing in. That's yeah. why I don't know if I bombed or not. <laughs> Ask me in a few years. You'd be like, yeah, I definitely, definitely bombed that one. Yeah. Well, maybe you're just having <laughs> really excellent beginner's luck. Maybe. Because, yeah. I've heard that story before too, that people, they're like, yeah, when I first started, I was hot. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. one random time, it just, you know, went the other way on them. Yep. Because you don't so, know what you don't yeah. know. You're like a rookie yep. shooting threes. I don't know how to defend you yet. But when they yeah. figure it out, brother, you better, you better work on your left. Because mm-hmm. they own to your right. Yeah. yeah. The sports references are the best. Because yes. I know just enough to follow along. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> and I got so many. not a I'm sports so, person. I'm so obnoxious <laughs> when it comes to sports. I'm so, like everybody mm-hmm. else, I'm, I'm, I'm over the top. That is hilarious. So what is, is there one that you watch more than others? What, comedians? No, sports. Oh, sports. Oh. Because now I'm having a squirrel moment. Uh, I watch basketball the most, but mm-hmm. I love I loved baseball the most. It was, mm-hmm. it was kind of boring to watch because the best Very baseball game is a no-hitter. That's the best game when no one so hits what the is ball. A no- so what makes that good then? Imagine... A, a pitcher striking out every person who got up there, like every person who got up there. It's like, now, nah, son, sit down. <laughs> now, nah, son, you out. Like nobody made the first base. That would frustrate me because then there's no conflict. Like the whole oh, there is conflict. Story is the conflict. So where does the conflict come from? Because who gonna be the one hit it to get the first base? So you're All constantly it. waiting for yes. this maybe it's, thing that it's might impressive. Not it's impressive when it happens. Okay. But it's so rare. But yeah. 
Okay, well, I now I can see. I almost said something completely. Um, <laughs> can we cuss on here? But I'm gonna keep, <laughs> yes, we can cuss on here. Oh, but what I was gonna say was a little out there. But <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm gonna go ahead and say it anyway because it's too late. Because now I have to say it. Go ahead. That's one of my problems. Is sometimes the impulse. I'm just like I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. okay, so you're saying okay, you're just waiting, 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 and mm-hmm. it's very rare or whatever. I was just like, this is like edging, but like with sports. Like mm-hmm. watching sports. Uh-huh. That is insane. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. I'm like, who would who would but do if, that? But if you were at but I tell you this, if you were at the game and you about mm-hmm. to watch a no-hitter and you knew what was going on, you would be like, Hold on. I I, I cried on I cried like one or two tears on this no-hitter where Monet Davis, you remember her back in the day? Little um, Monet Davis. Yes. The little girl yes. at the time, the little girl. Yeah. She threw that no hitter. Woo! Oh, you're okay, like that. Oh, you ain't feel that right here. Oh my god, that was so. That precious. would be different because it's like okay, there's added layers to the why this is special. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that I could do, but otherwise, I'm just like, no, I'm. But good. if you're there, you be like, is he about to strike out another person? Mm-hmm. Or is this defense about to really keep these people completely off yeah. of the base? That's hilarious. I I don't know. Maybe I would need to sit through an entire game to even mm-hmm. like appreciate that because I've been to baseball games, never sat through an entire one. Mm-mm. You talk through the whole like game too. At some point, yeah, we talked through. Yeah, it's it, a good time around. to talk and catch up. It's a really good America's favorite pastime for a reason. That is so fascinating because I never thought about the fact that that is the reason why people were into it because it gave them something to pass time and then talk while this activity is going on in the background. Yep. Now I have another appreciation for it. Bobby some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I'm like, come on. We we got everything in there but baseball in that that route. Craziness. (laughs) They'll say, never hit no ball, catch nothing. They just talk about some root, root, root for the home team. That's it. Yeah. Which is so easy to do because as a non-sports person, I at mm-hmm. least know that part. I'm like, yep. okay, who's our team? Cool. Right. Okay, I'll pay attention to them the most. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. That is wild. <laughs> I have a whole new interpretation of this you game see? and this random song. Yep. Hilarious. But back to the comedy. So um, what is your, I guess I'll just put it at a top five. Ooh, no, uh, I can't do that. Yeah, oh, no. I'm not ready for a top five. Oh. The thing is, when oh. people always, Oof. myself included, mm. when you make a big deal mm. about it, I feel like it's more about it how you think people are going to respond uh-huh. to your choices versus uh-huh. what your choices actually are. Uh-huh. Hold because on. I got to pee. I'm ready. No. I can't. Mm. <laughs> Okay. Um, okay. Hold on. Hold on. It's like so many genres. Like there's so many different like eras. So, like, who do so you actually many... like? Who do you go back to often? Uh, like, Eddie, who Mur- are you listening to Eddie Murphy. Okay. Eddie Murphy. His structure is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy is like 20 years old, killing it. Yeah, he was definitely on that prodigy level. He put on like an hour and a half show. 
I didn't like realize 20. it was 20, though. So he when like he was 20, 20 he did Delirious or the I other one? So. He was very young. Like, That's not crazy. 25. He wasn't 25. Mm. Uh, of course, like Kevin Hart. Some people would roll their eyes at him. Like, you cannot... You I really not, prevented myself from doing it because I was like, mm, that's not right. Because we, <laughs> he's LeBron James in us right now in comedy. That's what it is. People getting getting a little lax and not understanding that he, ain't nobody else coming after him like this in probably quite some time. Kevin Hart has never repeated another joke. So I didn't realize that he didn't do that. I didn't. But also, I have to be honest and say that I have not sat through a special in a while mm-hmm. i watched the one that he came out with during COVID. like i listened to it in the background mm-hmm. and i was deeply agitated with him because mm-hmm. that was at a point where i was very hyper and anxious about the pandemic and he mm-hmm. was too cavalier for me and i was mm-hmm. like wow you really fucked up yeah um, but that but was, he was taking personally but that was him showing up too like True. you can't tell me he's not the sh- He's the hardest working comedian out there. I can't think of anyone else but the hardest. He's on everything all the time. Everything. Gave him. I did like the show with Wesley Snipes though. The dramatic. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fabulous. I thought they did a really excellent job with that. That's why I was like, "This is the best thing Kevin Hart did in a million years." Uh That and Real Husbands of Hollywood. Uh huh. (laughs) Those two things for me, I'm like, if you don't do nothing else. The I dude just things. works and work like yeah. you can't you can't deny him. Um that was okay, two so people Eddie Murphy, Kevin Hart. Yep. Now this may be controversial. I would say Chappelle. Given oh, what why is that had, controversial? I well I, well, I have not watched his recent stuff. So I heard a lot of good oh, a lot of uh 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 negative press about it. So that's yeah. why I'm thinking it's rather controversial, mainly because mm-hmm. I'm not Privy to exactly what has been said, but yeah, you he's, need to catch up. He's, so you he's can up have there. Your own thoughts about it. Yeah, I would definitely have my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me. That's three people who always catch my attention. D. Ray Davis. Yeah, D. he Ray always he always really gets me. Good. He always grabs my attention. But there's also there's just so many like the Red Foxes. Mm-hmm. Um. um Dick Gregory, yeah, he was like, uh, people don't realize Dick Gregory was a comedian because mm-hmm. his comedy reflected what he saw in life. And at some point, shit wasn't that funny, so he started reflecting how it really wasn't that funny, and his comedy changed. Uh, so that kind of derailed me. I, I gotta, I feel remiss if I just have just all black male. Uh, comedy top five, mm-hmm. but I know there's there's some some other folks in there. Girls kill jokes, absolutely. Women are phenomenal. Tiffany Haddish is phenomenal. I think so. One of my exes would literally like impale themselves from hearing you say that because he hates <laughs> Tiffany Haddish, and it's an argument that we have on a regular basis mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, not a regular basis, but back then because I'm like, well. I can understand why you don't think certain things she does is funny, but the vitriol, I'm like, it's a little, a little extreme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's lots of people that ain't that funny that's out here getting. Help. I'm just like, let her get some too. Let shit. her get, let her get, let her get it in. Hey, you read her yeah. book, uh, the black, the black unicorn. 
I have not, but I need to. I just love audio, her in general. Audiobook, please. It just okay. let me know. I like it's the her, it, it's her reading it. And yeah. she's ridiculous. And yeah. she's uh, she's hilarious. So I think that kind of ends. Mm-hmm. There's so many more folks on there. Like, yeah, yeah but uh, top five, Tiffany has to be included mm-hmm. because I love black women. <laughs> I mean, they are they're pretty uh phenomenal for sure. Yeah, I think that's a pretty solid list. Um Chappelle for me, um Chappelle is complicated because he is absolutely one of my favorites, period. Mm-hmm. And I just think he is one of the greatest to ever do it. Mm-hmm. So every accolade, everything I feel is like well deserved. My frustration with him definitely stems from the fact that I feel like he he has made certain choices in the in the um, past couple specials that I feel like really cheapen um, the level of artistry that I feel like he's capable of mm-hmm. by taking like the I'm going to talk about gender in a way that is very like antiquated and just like mm-hmm. flat out like not intelligent. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like you're smart enough to understand this shit. Mm-hmm. So why take that route with the joke? So that's the mm-hmm. part that's frustrating because there's so many different things I felt like in the past couple specials I felt like he could talk about that I was like, why is this not your material? Also, like I'm not in charge of your material, but I find it mm-hmm. very odd that mm-hmm. instead of talking about like because he would hit on his his town. So he lives in Yellow Springs. Mm-hmm. And I went to go visit Yellow Springs twice, actually. One, I went to go and see the show in the cornfield. Mm-hmm. And then I went just for a weekend to wander around because I was just curious about this place. I was like, let me just wander around and end up having a friend that lived there. So they uh-huh. could show me around the village and different stuff like that. So his place where he lives is so, it's just such this like little strange pocket of the world Uh and i was like you could do a whole fucking like Uh thing about that and talk about the people and just some of the the weird like nuances around race and stuff like that so i was like that would be amazing but you want to talk about trans people like i just thought it was like strange Uh um and talk about trans people in a way that's like very unintelligent i was like you are better than that Uh but it's crazy because he came out with this documentary that I don't know if Netflix is ever going to put it on the uh-huh. on the, on the um, platform because of all the trans drama with uh, Dave Chappelle. Um, but the documentary is phenomenal because I went to go see it when he came to Indianapolis to show it uh-huh. and held us hostage in Greenbridge for like six uh-huh. hours. Uh-huh. It's another story for another day. Um, but I, they played the documentary and it's literally amazing and it shows the whole story of like what was happening in his town during the protest and how like him and his friends basically made this whole like um, colony of themselves where they hold out in um, Yellow Springs during the pandemic instead of being in LA and shit. So it was like, it was amazing. And I'm like, see, this is what, yeah, this is what makes sense. Like the trans stuff. I'm just like, Dave, like if you don't feel like you can talk about it well enough, just leave it the fuck alone. Mm -hmm. Like why even bother and then create all this like unnecessary foolishness when you could just be the shit. Like you could just be fucking Dave Chappelle. But I mean, I guess he still is anyway because nobody stopped going to anything. The tickets kept yeah. selling, so it's like it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, which is another strange thing I wanted to bring up 
and get your opinion on. Uh Um, So I was listening to this podcast right before we came on Mm -hmm. um, and they were talking about how these comedians are so um, like hell bent on talking about gender and things like that in a way that doesn't make sense. And like, you know, it's career suicide at this point. Like, why do y'all keep doing Mm -hmm. it? And it got me to thinking like, what if you're a person that literally has everything in the world and you're just like, "Mm, I just want to see what it feels like to like, fuck this up. Like to self-sabotage because I'm bored. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm like, I wonder if that's part of it. Like, are you just yeah, bored? I think I think a lot of it is people just can't wrap their minds around that they can't do something. Mm, that makes sense. They yeah. just can't wrap their minds around it. Like people like, that want to use the N-word and it's right, like yeah, they just, they just can't, cannot. Right. They just and you and you can explain why, and they just kind of like, mm, yeah, but can I? He's like, no, you can't do it. And I think a lot of folks who have been privileged throughout our lives, it's hard. It's harder for us to make those adjustments. Mm. So it's harder for us to. If someone were to say, "Muhammad, you can't say that word," I'm probably whatever the word is. I'm like, but why not? Like automatically, yeah. because of like the man thing, or yeah, primarily. If someone said, Muhammad, you can't do this, I'm like, why can't I not do that? And if I've been privy to getting whatever I want overall, I'm going to see nothing wrong with me getting what I need. Mm. What I need. So so for some folks, they just can't wrap their minds around. like, no, you really can't say it in the office. How many folks are getting in hot water because they, they they're like, oh, you mean I, you mean what you mean? And if we were to say some stuff now, for some folks, it would be complete surprise to them. You say, no, you really can't grab Susan yeah. in the office. But mm-hmm. I didn't think I had to tell you this, Bob. But you're gonna have to keep your hands to yourself. And for Bob, that may be like, oh, I had no idea, never crossed my mm-hmm. mind that I can't uh, grab her by her waist and say, yep. excuse me. Yeah, because he's been doing it. Bob's been doing it for. He watched his daddy years. do it. That's yep. how. His, that's how Bob daddy met Bob's mama. So it's hard for him to wrap that around. Yeah, I'm by by no means am I saying it's okay for Bob to do whatever the hell he wants to do. But yeah. Bob ass don't know. Mm. Yeah. Or, or he don't care enough. But there's nothing. There's not enough pieces in here to make him say, "Ma." You can't do that. Yeah. That is intense. And, you know, I wonder, like, as a, you know, mental health professional, Mm -hmm. when you're working with men, like, are they, like, what kind of things do you do to try to help them understand that if these things come up? Like, do these Mm -hmm. conversations come up where they're just like, I just don't get it? Rarely. Will that happen? That's disturbing. Because that's, that, that takes insight, what you just did there. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Because usually they don't see it. And usually it. I'm, I'm catching someone, it's, I only like use his language or really out loud. I'm like, yeah, and this bitch said blah, 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 blah. I'm like. And they wait. just are like that in the session. Yeah. And they're yeah. just like, yeah, that's wild. And I'm like, hold on. But I, I don't want to shut down, right? Because yeah. clearly they're opening up. 
But also, I'm challenging you on this language here. So now it's kind of coming to like, oh, I said something that maybe it's bringing attention to something. Maybe mm. that's what your wife was talking about when she said she felt disrespected because, you know, you kind of call her a bitch for not doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. But they don't know. Like people, we just, I'm not, I, I, I don't mean I'm going to say that's just men. That's people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's people. Because I get on some, I get a lot of folks, uh, the word bitch is something else, is it not? Like we be throwing it around like it's yeah. our like first it's and last name. And I'm you like, know. You realize that's literally dehumanizing us. You realize that. It's literally it dehumanizing us. And you know, it, it's challenging to me because it's a word that, I mean, most words I don't bother me at all. There's a very short list of the ones that do. Mm-hmm. So context too, but still, yeah, yeah, the context mm-hmm. absolutely matters. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is challenging because you get into this phase where it's just like, oh, it's just whatever, and not realizing like to other people that might be a little sensitive, so maybe mm-hmm. like conduct yourself differently. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot. And you would think that with some of the stuff that we've experienced, like it would make us more insightful and think about like how we deal with one another. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's not really, I don't know. We just have a lot of, a lot more work to do basically when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I want to also talk to you about um, spirituality. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite things to talk about, uh, talk to people about on the okay. show. Also, so just you mentioned earlier, you grew up in a Muslim household, mm-hmm. and um, would, are you still practicing? I hope so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> I'm trying to make it through. Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. Yes, got I am. it. Got it. <laughs> I'm so, a jackass. So, so what um what role do you feel like it plays in like your life and your um like perspective on mm-hmm. how you see the world? Mm-hmm. Literally it's a it's a um a framework. It's a a guide. It's a yeah, I, I look at it as pretty much as a framework primarily. Like mm-hmm. if I'm looking for overall guidance, that's where I can always go to. Like an, an absolute solid answer is like, I don't know, Muhammad, what would you do? Like if, if it's up to me, the rail's a whole different place. But if I go to my framework, it keeps me in bounds. Mm-hmm. It really does. Because if I didn't have, in my personal thing, if, in my personal, sorry, uh, experience, if I didn't have faith, I'd be a completely different person. Like I'm moving completely different, like completely different. Mm-hmm. I may be somewhere. I, I guarantee I'll be doing something different. <laughs> I don't know what I'll be doing. It will be this. <laughs> I'm just like I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad. I, I don't think it's a good. I mean, I I, I feel like it's a blessing where I am where I am. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact, if it wasn't for Islam in my life or in my parents' lives to influence them to where they are, or to, from where they were, by no means I want to say they're coming from like some barbaric, anything like that, but it influenced their life a certain way. 
And if that structure wasn't there, I'd be a completely different person. I, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, for Islam because of them meeting through Islam. But um, yeah, but it gives me structure. It gives me a um, it gives gives me a, a, a sense of peace, and it, it allows me to not know all the answers. That's that's where I really think it gets peaceful. Like when I don't have to know every answer, or someone like going back and forth on what's right, what's wrong. Like, look, I ain't write this book, so I'm gonna go with I'm going off the book. My book says I'm going off what the Quran says. You got a problem with me? Don't take it up with me because I don't care. (laughs) I think people really. the best position to be in, the I don't care. It's the very best. Yeah, I'm like, it, it, it ain't up to me. Like, I, I jokingly tell, I, I, this is ridiculous. But I look at religion, it's like insurance, like car insurance. Oh, Lord. Okay, I need to understand this. Analogy. They're like, all right. I, by no means, I'm saying you, you can't be atheist. I'm not saying that. I do not want to come across as bashing anyone. But yeah. it's like, imagine getting to whatever gates you think you're supposed to get to or not get to. And they say, hey, what insurance did you have? Like, you have Geico? Did you have... Like, you got a car accident? They're like, what's your insurance? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I ain't got no insurance. They're like, that's going to cost you, buddy. It's going to cost Yikes. you. You're going to have to pay out of pocket. You're going to have to pay out of pocket for this one. You ain't got no deductible or nothing. Listen, which sounds awful. I have been without car insurance before, and it cost me a lot of money and some yeah. years of my or, life. Or, or yeah. spirituality, like you need something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to me, I think spirituality and religiosity, two different things that can be intertwined, mm-hmm. but they're two different things. Because I've met some atheists who are very, very nice. Their spirit is beautiful, and I met some people who all the work. And they're jerks, yeah, jackasses, yep. mean spirited. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I'm about to go hang out with the atheists. Is this how y'all gonna treat me? Yeah, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder because for me, um, growing up in a Christian household, mm-hmm. um, still, you know, um, practicing the Christian faith, mm-hmm. there is. It, it had always blown my mind, and I also have to recognize the ways that I fall extremely short of what Christ's example is. But it always amazed me the people that were so, like, staunch, like, dedicated to the thing, but had, like, no room for anyone else or, like, no level of compassion mm-hmm. for anything outside mm-hmm. of, like, their very small little mm-hmm. box of the world. and. Mm-hmm. It's just awful because I'm like, I feel like the things that you learn and the little bit that I understand about Islam, and I have a Quran, but I don't know how to read it, so I haven't started reading it Get an English one. It is in English. Okay. It is in English, but okay, this is a very (laughs) quick sidebar. The person that gave it to me, I was Uh at this festival and they gave Uh it to me and they were like, yeah, you got to start here and then do this and then I was like, and I forgot oh, what oh, they but, told me. Read, read what you want to read. So just start from what the first page. Start. I would, but you know, the Quran reads from right to left. I mean, I'm sorry, no, Arabic, I mean, Arabic reads from right to left. So it's going to be yeah. chances are it's going to look like it's going backwards. So yeah, start right. on page one and get to reading. All right, cool. So I'll just do that then. All these rules. That was an unnecessary <laughs> rule. It was 
in the necessary rule, and I just kind of absorbed it, and I was like, okay, so when I get time, right now it's a barrier. That out, you could have been ready. I'll go back. Now yeah, y'all, I, yeah, yeah. It's literally nah. sitting like right. I'm looking at it right now, <laughs> but the little bit that I do understand about uh-huh. Islam, and a lot of it is because of like getting to know different people over the years, like you and your brother and your dad, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, other people that I've met throughout the years. I'm like, it's such a beautiful faith, and I would not understand why somebody would take it and be like, so now I'm just going to be like a jerk about it. Same with mm-hmm. Christianity. Yeah. I'm like used properly. Mm-hmm. It's a very beautiful thing. So it's always so frustrating when people take whatever it is they have, even going back to earlier, we were talking about the mindfulness. Mm-hmm. So there's people that are more into the new age and the mindfulness movement that are like judgmental as fuck to everybody else because they not doing it the way they think it's supposed to be done yeah, or they're not yeah, whatever yeah, and it's like yeah. can we not <laughs> like could we just mm-hmm. not yep yeah there it is everybody i should say everybody that's an overstatement but folks feel like they gotta have all the answers yeah and you have to be right what do you think that's about as somebody that completely hates that i think people who have to be right they there's their that's their anxiety telling them if they're wrong they are going to perish if they're wrong, they're not going to make it. Or if they're wrong, if I'm wrong, that means you're right. And I don't know which one's worse, you being right or me being wrong. Mm. Because I have to be right because my anxiety tells me I have to be right at all times. Wow. It's like, it ain't that deep. Like, you could be wrong or you can flat out just not know. I just, I cannot stress that enough. I love not knowing. It provides so much growth. Yeah, I jokingly tell people, imagine if I had to use the restroom really bad, and then I'm like, "Hey, man, what's the restroom?" And you tell me, "Yeah, I know exactly where it is. It's over here." And it's not. You could have saved me so much time and anguish by saying, "I don't know." Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at that point you would have been forced to either decide to find it on your own or have a plan B. Which was I could have had already if you hadn't just said, "Oh, I really don't know." Sorry. Yeah. I don't know where it is. Thank you. I don't know where it is. Now you know it's over here. We found out it's over here. Hmm. So for people that really struggle with that, what like simple tips could you offer mm-hmm. to try to start breaking that up? Yep. Biggest thing I I stress. I got this from my supervisor back in the day. Choices versus control. Choice leads to more options. More option. More options leads to power. More and more power. Control, particularly when dealing with other people, is going to lead to frustration. I guarantee it. Like I could put my top dollar on it. You'll be very upset. At the minimum, we mm-hmm. try to control something. Like, for example, let's say with this show, you said, Muhammad, I want you to answer these particular answers this particular way. Oh, yeah, that and, would suck. And then I'm like, eh, actually, I'm going to do it this way. And now you're like, well, Muhammad didn't do exactly what I wanted. And now I'm frustrated with him because he didn't answer the exact way. Versus on the opposite ends, like, well, what are my options? If I'm, I'm going to throw Muhammad some questions. I'm going to give him a few prompts. He's going to answer a certain way. I don't know what he's going to do. He may answer it short. He may answer it long. He may answer it right on the head. 
He may uh, go over here. I could follow him there. I could redirect him over here. I got all these, these just option after option after option after option mm-hmm. after option versus the only control being Muhammad must answer it this way. Mm. Like, well, shoot, good luck. And you can apply that to anything. That could be from your kids, grand, what you want them to wear for school to <laughs> partnerships. You, you say you'll be home at seven. Why is you at home at 730? You liar, you cheater. You like, all, you know, all of these things. Like, just apply that. Yeah. Choice versus control. That really helps uh, me explain that to folks. You can't control that anyway. Might as well get some options. Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah, that is powerful and so helpful. You're smart and funny, and Thank I'm you. glad that I know you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I started yes. back at Broad Ripple High School. <laughs> oh, Broad Ripple. I spent, I spent a very short time. I know, Broad and Ripple. I was there. I remember you being there. That is I hilarious, remember. you do? Yes, that's where I remember you from. I got a weird memory. I remember that you. That is so random. So I need to know, for my own weird purposes, because I, I don't really remember a lot about being at Broad Ripple. Uh huh. So what the do baseball you team was phenomenal. That's what you did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will remember that. I will remember that and keep that in mind. Revisionist history. We were Clearly. undefeated. We went fifteen and zero. We finally lost the game. I said, "Dang it! I'm resilient." So I stuck resilient. it out. But, well, well, the question was like, "How were you at?" And basically, because. Um, <laughs> What was the I doing? Stuff that I do remember. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think I got you by like two years, right? I think I was a junior, mm-hmm. you were a freshman. So what I recall is right. you were a student, like everybody else, fitting in with everybody else. I remember you at homecoming parade. This is weird stuff. I, I got like odd like, memory. Damn. See, this. These are some of the reasons why I wish. Now, as much as social media gets on my nerves, mm-hmm. there are parts of it that I wish existed back then because mm-hmm. I don't even remember going to the homecoming parade. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. I'm like, and, I'm gonna um, have to that yeah, you're, you're a pretty cool person for what I, you didn't stick out in any bad way. You know, how many people were in school? Like a, about 1,500? Yeah, there were a lot of kids. There's a lot but I'm of like, students. Yeah. There wasn't. Um, Sticking out was not my forte at that point in my life, anyway. So mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Definitely prefer the opposite. Um, yeah, as much as I could get. But yeah. I remembered you like when I saw you, like that's Ebony. So Ebony, I think I think you were Ebony. I think you were just <laughs> similar to who you are today. Maybe I don't know. You got, that's you can, possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's it's just so crazy. Um, when you think back about stuff, because I, when I was there, I wanted to um, do the dance magnet, and I got accepted into the dance mm-hmm. magnet. And then my parents moved, and I had to go back to middle school. That was mm. the most frustrating thing ever because I really wanted to go to Broad Ripple uh-huh. because of the arts and humanities. Yep. Yep. And. I was an art magnet. Yep. I was in visual okay. arts. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. So I wanted to do that kind of stuff. And then they're like, okay, we're moving back to the West side. So um, mm-hmm. I had to go back to middle school. Cause that put you back in middle school. And at that time, Wayne Township, ninth grade was middle school. Uh, and it was so frustrating yeah. because 
Yeah. I'm used to this high school environment and we can yep. get up and go do whatever we want and yep. then to move to middle school. They're like, you're going to get dismissed by tables. And I'm like, I like, do not need you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to get in line and get food. Like, yeah. That's wild. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that is a, not necessarily a step back, but I hear you. You know what I mean? Socially, probably like it felt what? like a step back. I bet you look at that folks like, "Don't talk to me, y'all. You don't have to. You don't have to speak to me. You don't want to." No, it and it was weird because uh. I felt like Bra Ripple was a home for like a lot of um, different thinkers. Yeah, like, I got exposed mm-hmm. to so many different people there. Mm-hmm. So I had this one guy in math class that was my very first time getting a palm reading. Because he was like, "Oh, I'm learning how to read palms. Can I read?" Why not? And I was like, "I'm fine." Why I'm not? <laughs> Sitting in the algebra class, he like literally <laughs> getting your palm read. Now, did this pa- did the palm read end up with you kind of like dating? You know, you probably hitting on you. Like, let me read your palm. No, read no your palm. <laughs> he, was just, he was just being sweet. He was just being sweet, and he was very accurate. So whatever he learned was right. Um, because he like definitely read some things properly but yeah i wish he would have told me that i needed to be studying more because i felt that class so mm-hmm. all them palm reads. all them palm reads. yeah <laughs> he knew he was doing trouble. Hey. <laughs> goodness that is hilarious but um but yeah so this has been a really great conversation same <laughs> i appreciate same. you yes. yes yes where can people connect with you on the interwebs okay so i'm kind of old school um you can, people can email I me you didn't have an instagram have you started that yet? i'm not i haven't i know i'm supposed to but i just get an intern I don't know. You're the second podcast within a week or and a half to tell me get it together. You actually you told me to get it together about two years ago. I was like, I did. And I'll do Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm like, if I'm going to have you on the radio, I have to be able to point people somewhere. When point people to psychologytoday.com. Got it. Look me up, Muhammad Sahir. People can find me on Facebook. The Blue Sofa Counseling Services, TBS Counseling Services. The Blue Sofa has its own page. Don't not don't friend request me as a regular person. Like I'm not going to accept <laughs> it. Just I'm like, I'm like, nah. Yeah, but hey, I'm with you, therapist. Like we could do this another way. Also, e- email me, M Sahir at tbscounseling.com. Give me a phone call, 812-391-2697. If you forget all that information, you just look me up on psychology today. Maybe I'll start posting. I just don't want to, I don't want to knock anybody for anything that they're doing. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to come across as like Richard Cliche therapist. Here's the five tips for today on how to stay sane. I just don't want you to know, be that guy. I I definitely hear you because. I think that stuff is very annoying and I resist the urge to fall into certain boats because yeah. I'm like, why would I do that? I'm clear. I'm, I'm, but I am, I am uh, uh, certified to do that. You know, I have the, I, it mm-hmm. kind of makes me eye roll when I see people who have not one credential doing these things. I'm like, now, nah, wait a and second. There's lots of them. There's yeah. lots of them. Like, you could do it so easily. Like, if you, um, so look at you, look at you, look at you set me up. Go ahead. I I'm know. <laughs> you can so, do it. 
I'm just throwing this out there. Uh -huh. but yesterday, my sisters made me download TikTok. I have they, not done anything. They want. I got a few clients. You got a TikTok. You got it. They really oh. want it, and they're like, "Oh!" And I'm like, "What would I use it for?" And they're like, "You could just do the stuff you normally do and just go on there all the time and like record yourself." And I'm like, "I'm not gonna do that because I think it's weird." Uh, it does sound like a lot of work. I'm like, do you realize what it takes to put myself in front of a camera? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't understand. Like, there are multiple steps to this. And <laughs> then I have to talk myself through the steps on top. Of, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm like, y'all are on there making full out productions. I'm not going to do all that. Like, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. But I do think you would be good on TikTok. I think I, like, think I, I would. Think I, get, I guess I want to be, because here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I think that's a formula, and I fit a lot of the criteria, not to honk my own horn. I'm no, tired of do. seeing, I'm tired of seeing, but this happens. Younger black men who are attractive, mm -hmm. who can put a few sentences together, <laughs> out there giving unsolicited advice. I mean, unsolicited. Yeah. And I just don't want to be in somebody wearing a baseball cap, driving my car, talking about and what you need to be doing is. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it happens. You need to be buying these NFTs. Uh, what you need to be doing is like, yeah. the other point in a relationship is, it's like, oh, man. Listen, the I could do it. I could do it. I could do it. Yeah. I got all the stuff. I think mm -hmm. I'm witty enough to put it together. I just don't yeah. want to play it in people's faces like that. But yeah, but I don't think you have to because I feel like even you talking the way that you are now, and you're like, look, I'm not trying to be another one of these, you know, you don't know, put, fill in the blank. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, I feel like that would make people gravitate toward it even more. Not us working out your whole social strategy on this. I know. Show. But long story short, <laughs> you I are just my feel agent like, at this point. Go ahead. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's one career that I did want to have at one point, and then I was like, artists are too frustrating. Um, no, thank you. I get uh -huh. But um, I I think just like confronting like the ridiculousness of it is like a way because it's like being counter whatever the thing is mm -hmm. and people are attracted to that too like mm -hmm. i do very subtle amounts of that on social media because there's certain trends i will never fucking do mm -hmm. like i'm not going to do the thing where you like because i think it's weird uh -huh. so like the thing where someone records me like or i record myself like walking into a building and it's like motivational quotes or like I'm walking down the mm -hmm. street into a car and you're following me into the car or this one was making its rounds <laughs> I uh, show you how I make my bed in the morning and pour a cup of coffee and wash my face and, uh -huh. the, the, uh -huh. and I'm like I'm never gonna do that it's weird uh -huh. but I understand why people do because now it's like okay I'm someone of influence and people care what I do so I'm going Ooh. to show them that. Ooh. And it's a whole thing. And for me, I'm just like, I reject every mm -hmm. piece of it. <laughs> every piece of it is rejected. Because before, eight years ago, I was barely functional on social media. Like, mm -hmm. I knew how to use it, but mm -hmm. I did not use it very often. So mm -hmm. I'm like, to go from that to then being like, I'm going to show y'all how I pour a cup of coffee and wash my face, like that's never gonna mm -hmm. be a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I say all that to say being counter the thing is 
something that works too. So you wouldn't have to be like the Derek Jackson, the Muslim Derek uh, Jackson. <laughs> I'm brother Jackson's sister. Brother Jackson. Brother yeah, Jackson. The, the, the Muslim Kevin Samuels. <laughs> oh, you would Lord. never have to do that. <laughs> sisters, sisters, sisters. Get it together. Get it together. Get it together. Ah. Yeah. It's mm. terrible. It's so terrible. yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll we shall see. I guess I could start with uh I'll just make a Facebook post and say, Hey, I was <laughs> I was on the podcast today <laughs> with Ebony. You can just wait until it comes out. I wouldn't make you do that twice because what torture. <laughs> it's like doing it the one time is enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> like honestly, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so we'll see what happens. But either way, you're doing well. Um, yes. you know, helping people. And and I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. you. You could be out here just doing stuff and then talking to people and then don't say nothing about yourself. No, because I really, so I really love people too, even though there are certain things about people that infuriate me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's more so about my own like chemical makeup as opposed to like people really being that infuriating but because i'm fascinated by them i love to do things like this and i also i just feel like there there's just certain conversations i always wanted to have and in my former like jobs and stuff there just was not space for that Mm -hmm. but i would do it anyway because i was good for either pre-interview or post-interview being like okay so let's talk about all this other shit Uh uh-huh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh so now i'm just like okay so i'll just do a thing where i just get to do that and see where it goes um but i appreciate you Mm -hmm. being a part of this experiment yes yes you know i got your back and you know i got you so yeah thank you anytime all right. Well, I'm going to hold you to that because we're going to have to do this again um, at some point and talk more yeah. about comedy and shit because I okay. feel like that would be a good one. Let's do it. Awesome. But you have to be on the show with me. <laughs> so before we can do that, I have to be on a comedy show with you. Yeah, that could be on the All show. Right. Okay, cool. We'll let's actually, let's work that out. We can figure that one out. Um, so let me stop recording this so then we can do that. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Thank you so much, Muhammad, for such a beautiful conversation. I want to encourage you guys to connect with him online. I'll drop links in the show notes to where you can find out more about him and his work. Um, You can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Ebony the Writer. You can also check out my website, EbonyChappelle.com. As always, have a great time and a positive life, y'all. Peace.